Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. Were your, were your parents musical? Musicians? Yeah. But did, no. were they musical? Well, they played the radio. That's all. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but but yet your what'd you say? Your, your brother? Your brother was a musician. You're a musician. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we had an inclination for towards music, and when I say an inclination, is because you know, becoming a professional musician for any kid back in the early '60s that was that was far fetched. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It of really course. was for a fetch, you know, especially rock and roll. Rock and roll. I started playing by ear before he, before the Beatles played in Ed Sullivan, and my and my references were like country country music. That that was it. Jimmy wow. Dean show, and of course later uh, Hee Haw, and but but yeah, country music. That 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 was this rocking. I mean, you know, rockabilly. That's that's country. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean. Those country guitar players to this day blow my mind. They're they're so clean and so oh, yeah, I love you know, it. unbelievable. Have you have you have you seen this kid named Joe Robinson on on the, the internet? No. He's a young Australian guy. He's, he's twenty seven years old. You've never heard a kid play guitar like this. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and he, it's like he'll play acoustic or electric guitar, all styles. And he's so his dexterity and his attack and his approach, and it's just like just yeah. he's doing everything you've ever heard of. All you know, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. It's like, but the kids have like we talked about. Um, uh, you were saying about YouTube and things like that. Now they've got this reference that's a miles and miles and miles long to to learn from. Not only are they hearing the records, like back when we were kids, it was always remember move the needle, move the needle, trying to figure out what's going on, you know, and try and you slow down the record. Now yeah. there's every tool under the sun to figure out what's going on. Plus you can watch the guys play it, you know. Yeah, uh, but to me, ultimately, it's what you create, not yes. what you what you recreate, you know, and. It all comes down to songs. Yes. And so, okay, which, which brings me back to Quiet Right. So, so Kevin Dubow, is that how you pronounce it? Is it Dubow? Dubrow. 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 So Dubrow. when you, he, he took note of the fact that you would actually come up to him in the middle of this uh, L.A. scene where everybody was kind of trying to one-up each other and they, they would never pat each other on the back. Mm-hmm. You made an impression. You say it might have been your accent, but it's probably just because you were such a genuine human being. And he went, wow, this guy might have something. He obviously knew you were a bass player. Now, had you had you played, you must have played around LA before you went back to New Jersey. One time. One time. One show, yeah. And from that, people got you, told Quiet Right about you. Well, I mean, we had a lot of rehearsals and we had a very small network of people. And there, there, there's a place called the Rainbow Bar and Grill. Right. That... Uh, that people hang out at that that was our social network and you had to go there every night because you never knew when when that opportunity would be there right. you know to meet people and stuff like that so yeah so there was a lot of networking going on but as far as making that impression in the music scene no because i only play once wow but i knew a lot of musicians because we will hang and when you hang you know you get to know how people play right now, so you go to New Jersey. Now you come back to play with Quiet Riot. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm, I'm a little bit confused about the timeline. You guys didn't do Metal Health then. There was an album before that, correct? 
Well, there were two records that were released in Sony Japan that were actually only done for, for the Japanese market, not, okay. not for the American market. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you guys tour over there? No. Never okay. toured there. The record, those records were never released officially at that time in the United States. So it was like we, we didn't exist in America. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Which is, like, which is actually kind of a good way to do it in a way. Because you can cut your teeth and really figure out how it works. Um, so and now um, I'm off on a tangent here. Was Spencer Proffer the? Yeah. Was he the producer? No, in, uh, for Metal Health he was. Yeah. Okay. For Metal Health he was. Okay. Yeah. It, because I know it was his label. It was his production company. Publishing yeah, because he recorded everything. a couple of bands from Canada: Streetheart and uh, I think Kickax. I think they, they may have worked with Spencer Proffer as well, at, right around that same time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so. Okay, so you release those songs. Now, at that point, you leave Quiet Riot, right? There's a period where you really, you leave Quiet Riot and then come back. Oh, what happened was Randy left to, to join Ozzy. Oh, okay. So that was pretty much the, the end of that. Okay, and then, so... There was a splinter, yeah, there was a splinter band called Dubrow. That uh, that Kevin kept going, you know, just to write songs, and I, I I moved in with him. I was living with Kevin, so to pay the rent, I would play in Dubrow. But I was also a member of a band called Angel. You were an was, Angel too. That's right. Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, very short short period because I joined Ozzy right, right. after that. Yeah. Well, Angel and Angel, they were signed to Casablanca, Kiss's label, right? I was there once they got dropped. Oh, we okay. didn't have, yeah, we didn't have a deal. Yeah. Well, I remember, okay, maybe you might have some insight on this. This is way off in a tangent, but I find it interesting. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing things that Angel were work, experimenting with holograms live. Were yeah, they were using holograms on stage. That's way when back they had in the, money. Yeah, that's like when this they back had in like money. 77, 78. Yeah, that's when they had money to do productions like that. But uh, once I joined the band, they had lost the deal and there was no budgets. Yeah. So what what would uh, what I guess what I'm getting at is what were they doing with these holograms? So what were they doing? Like what how were they enhancing the performance using holograms? What were they doing with them? Do I don't know. I I have no idea. I I didn't see any of their shows with the hologram. Yeah. Oh okay okay. I just thought maybe you'd have an inside thing. Uh, but okay so okay now I got I got to follow this. You've been with so many successful groups. It's it's hard to follow. It's unbelievable how how in demand you were almost from the beginning. As soon as, once you got into Quiet Ride, it seemed like everybody wanted you. <laughs> it seems like every album that for the next 10 years you were on, or 15 years. Yeah, I, I'm blessed to have played on five consecutive uh, multi-platinum records in the 80s, in less than, you know, from 81 to 90. Yeah, so in about nine years I did that, yeah. Unbelievable. So, yeah. so you go from... Quiet Riot. Now, when now Quiet Riot, you went to Aussie, right? But yeah, yeah. Now, to me, that's the beginning of my of my touring recording career, because forty years ago, almost to the day. Yeah. Right. Now it's time for time for a celebration. Maybe that's why you got that uh, that honorary uh, thing from your school. Who knows? <laughs> They're just <laughs> running out of people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's still an honor. <laughs> no matter how they came across it, but I'm sure that's 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 quite humble of you. Um, so, so from Quiet Riot into Ozzy, from Ozzy, what was the transition? Now, Ozzy, did you you stayed with Ozzy after Randy passed away? 
when we finished the tour. Right. And then from there, what happened with you at that point? Well, I mean, once Randy passed away, I, you know, it, it was very painful to continue uh, playing in, in the band, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was that invited must been, to, That must have been an awful tour to continue. Yeah it, yeah, it was. I mean, you just don't leave, you know, just about the biggest band in the world at the, at the time for a band like Choir Riot, who it was the complete unknown. I mean, we, you know, it's all I knew was that I really enjoy again. I found the joy of making music again, playing with Frankie and uh, and uh, and Kevin and, and Carlos. You know, and that's so out of Aussie. You went back to to Quiet Riot. Yeah, what is known as the Metal Health. And you that's know, when Metal Health hit, and that's when you guys hit big time. Yeah, and as my opinion, as an insider, somebody who was in the band, in both bands, it was a completely different band. What really, the what would, what really tied it in from one to the other was that Kevin was the singer. And then once I came back, I was a, a former member of Quiet Riot, but it's, it was completely different sound, completely different band. So it could have been called anything. Mm-hmm. But it was the first metal album that would go number one in Billboard. Well, this is what it was. It was the first debut by a metal album. Oh, okay. To okay. go to number one. Hey, thanks for joining us. Check out our many other podcasts featuring vignettes and full episodes from a growing list of recording artists and other music insiders. And please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so we can bring you more great content from this and many other shows we're now producing. Available both on podcast and video on demand.